to Jammin' and Jammies. I'm Megan Barker. If you don't know what Jammin' and Jammies is, it's a live show that happens here in Nashville. We feature hit songwriters and rising artists in their pajamas. Right now, we're doing everything via live stream on our Instagram on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Central, so make sure you tune in. And while we're all hanging out in our pajamas at home a little more, we thought it would be fun to sit down with some of our favorite songwriters and ask them questions, pick their brain. So today we are lucky enough to have Mr. Andrew Rollins, who is a Jammy veteran at this point. He's been on Jammies quite a few times. He's an Emmy award-winning songwriter. He's had numerous songs on the TV show Nashville. You've also heard his songs on Netflix series The Ranch, General Hospital, The Amazing Race, and so much more. So uh, let's welcome him. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? Hi, Megan. How are you? Good. It's really good to see you. Good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, and you're out in sunny L.A. right now. Is it sunny today? Well, yesterday it was 82. It was beautiful yesterday. But today it's overcast and about low 50s. Eh, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. Um, do you want to just start by telling everyone a little bit about you, where you're from, and your musical background and all that? I grew up in Shaker Heights, Ohio. Um, it's a small town outside of Cleveland. Uh, let's see, what has, have been in music since I was knee high. Um, my parents were both musicians, so it was kind of a prerequisite. Um, started out on violin and piano and, uh, got a, you want me to like zip through the whole thing for you or? Whatever you want. I think it's fascinating. I want to know all about you. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, music was f from the time I was four on. I was it, I had music lessons like two or three times a week, and then um, I got a partial scholarship to major in music. Went to music. Went to a college out out west. How did you get into songwriting then? Um. I'll tell you, um, I was I was playing in different clubs around town in Cleveland, the Cleveland area. And um, one night, this guy, in fact, when I won my Emmy last year, I thanked, he was the last person I thanked because um, he walked in and he was sitting at the bar and I went on break and he walked and I walked over to him and he and he said, you know, you're really a good songwriter. I said, well, thanks, man. And he goes, but I could show you how to be a great songwriter. <laughs> and I thought, well, wow, you know, who's this guy? Yeah. Anyway, so it was Eric Carmen. And Eric Carmen was from a band called The Raspberries. And then he became a solo artist. And one of his greatest songs is All By Myself. Wow. Um, and so he kind of took me under his wing. And like every day or a couple times a week I would go to over his place and would sit down and he'd give me like assignments. Like I want you to re rewrite if I fell by the Beatles, use those chords, but you can't step on the melody. And so he'd give me all these little assignments for writing. Wow. And so after about, uh, I'm sorry. I just said, wow. I just think that's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. It really was. It was in, in, um, uh, it, I mean, for a young guy to have someone like that. And, he, and at that time, he was like a superstar. You know, he had just had All By Myself. 
Well, no, that had been a few years earlier, but he was had a lot of hot uh, hits. Um, Never gonna fall in love again. Uh, the dirty dancing, uh, hungry eyes. You know, he was like great. He's a great songwriter. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so anyway, we went in the studio and recorded a couple tunes, and um, he sent it to a couple people, and then. I had met a guy in Cleveland that wanted to manage me and he was just like kind of a fan. He was a lawyer. And so he said, I'm moving out to LA. And I said, well, you know what? That's kind of a big leap, you know, to, to just pack up everything, leave your, you know, your family, everybody, you know, and move to LA. Cause I had never been to LA. And, um, so anyway, what I did was I, we had sent it to A&M Records in L.A. And a guy named David Anderley, who was a big record guy, sent me a letter and he said, I can't give you a record deal, but I can give you a development deal if you come to L.A. And, but we won't give you any money, but we'll help, you know, help develop you. So I had this friend that wanted to be my manager who lived in my building and he said, come on, let's move out to LA. And so I just packed everything I had and moved to LA and started working with David Anderley. But at that time in, in the like early to mid eighties, the music business was like really in a weird thing. You know, it was going from like stuff like the Eagles to not grunge, but, you know, and I was like really this ballad kind of guy, like a Jackson Brown, Don Henley kind of guy, you know, yeah. as far as my stuff goes, you've heard. Good me. stuff, good uh, stuff, yeah. And so um, there wasn't really a place for me. They weren't looking for that. They were looking for either the like Rick Springfield yeah. or Kaja Gugu or any of those like, uh, what was that band where the guy did that song I ran well I ran I ran oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he had the hair that was like punk it was like kind of a pop punk yeah. thing and I didn't fit in any of those yeah things. so I I kind of like was not arrogant but I thought you know, I'm out here, I'm really good you know, everybody should want to write you know, who, why aren't people signing me you know, that young artist attitude, you know, I'm fantastic, you know, um, too much, too full of myself, you know, thinking that I was better than anyone, which I wasn't. Um, but anyway, you, you learn, you know, as, as you spend time being in this business. And so I got, my manager called me and he said, we've got a meeting Oh, well, you've got a showcase. You've got to play at a place called uh, Club Lingerie. It was a really cool club in L.A. And so I played there, and there were two guys in there. There was a guy named Bob Feed, who was a big record guy, a guy named Joe Wizard, who produced Boss Gag's Silk Degrees, was a great record guy, and a guy named Danny Bramson. Now, Danny Bramson was this young guy that – um signed tom petty yeah. after tom petty's deal at abc ran out and he signed walter egan who now lives in nashville 
and uh, who else did he sign? A band called uh, Men Without Hats. Um, they did the song Safety Dance. Yeah. You, know you can dance if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Danny and I kind of hit it off right away. And um, so he wanted to, he wanted to have, you know, have me involved with, it, it was universal. It was a, a label called Backstreet. And the guy that ran in universal at that time was a guy named Joe wizard, who was a great guy, great record guy, great producer, really loved the music business. Um, not just the business of music, just mu you know, he, he loved music. And, um, so we were getting ready to do my record. We finished it. I had a great band. Um, and then they had a big power turnover at Universal where um, they fired everyone. And um, they took my record and they put it on the shelf. Mm. And I, the, the way my deal was structured is um, they, had, they didn't have to release it. But. If they didn't release it, they had to pay me every quarter. They had to give me money. So every quarter I would go in there and get my check. Um, and, you know, they'd go, hey, how you doing? And they'd give me my check. Well, that ended. They gave me my master's back. And then I'd just gotten this. I was like in my mid-20s, I think, at that time. And I just started thinking that it might be a good idea um, because I love being on stage and I was good, but I wasn't like a Don Henley as far as that amazing voice. I mean, I can sing, but I'm not that, you know, I'm a really good writer, but I'm not that I'm not like a Jackson, Jackson Brown or Don Henley or, yeah. and I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be that front guy anymore you know, in a band. And so I just started writing and a friend of mine called me and he said, Hey, <clears throat> have you thought about writing music for TV and film? I said, well, you know, how hard could that be? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'll, you know, what do you got? And he goes, well, I have this TV show that needs a theme song. And I said, okay, when do you need it by? He goes, I need it by this afternoon. <laughs> and so it was for a TV show called The Uglies. D.L. Ugly was a comedian that, that had a show on an ABC, and it ran for eight years. Anyway, what happened? They called me that afternoon. They said they love it. D.L. loves it. We're sending the contracts over. Wow! So in like eight hours, I had a theme to a national TV show. Unbelievable! So I went, wow. This is easy. <laughs> let me let me try and you know, let me follow that path. So I did a I did a I had a TV show that I did a bunch of music for on HBO called you probably watched it when you were a little kid, Happily Ever After. Yeah. I wrote a, a bunch of music for that. Um, uh, did some movies, um, and then just you know I I developed that as a songwriter, but my background and I can go back is, is, you know, it was classical and, you know, like 
Broadway. I loved Broadway when I was a kid. My mom yeah. used to take me to a lot of plays and stuff. Um, but my grandfather loved country music. Oh, wow. And, and he loved like Charlie Pride and George Jones and Johnny Cash. And so I always heard every time I, my grandfather was very instrumental in my upbringing. And um, every time I'd go over to his place, he'd have all, he'd be out working and, and he'd have like this great, great music on, you know. And I always love country because country, not that pop doesn't tell a story, but it, it was, it was like, it hit your heart. Yeah. Like, you know, he stopped loving her today. And, 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 you know, even the, the kind of comical songs like you ain't woman enough, you know, yeah, my man, those kind of things. And Hank, and then I would like listen to Hank Williams and, and not junior Hank Williams. And I would like, you know, he had been dead for decades, but I really loved, you know, like your cheating heart and John Belay and all that stuff. I it uh, it was just amazing. To uh, hold on a second, Randy Jackson. Yo, Raleigh. Hey, I'm just doing a a, a Zoom interview with a, an amazing singer in, in in Nashville named Megan Barker. Say hi. Hey, Megan. What's going on? Hi, Mr. Jackson. How are you? Mr. Jackson, it's been a while since you've heard that, huh? Yeah. Anyway, I'll call you back after I finish this. All right, peace. All right, bye. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what did you say? <laughs> Thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. So anyway, so um, I went to, you know, I came to Nashville, and this was 2000. Seven, I think eight. I have to. It was a while. Ten over ten years ago. Yeah. And um, he introduced me to a couple different people, and then I just started doing the thing, man, networking with people, and um, got really. I loved it because I love songwriting. Yeah. I love being in the studio because I also score. Um, I love doing that, but my passion is sitting down and, and creating a song. Yeah. You know? And then imagining the person that can sing that song. Yeah. You know? And um, so in doing that, I, I developed all these relationships and, and, it, and it took me like six, seven years, you know, and I just kept going every, every other month. I told my wife, I said, look, I really want to make a, an attempt to be successful at, in writing country music. And she said, okay. So I said, every, every other month, I'm going to go to Nashville for a week. And so I did that. And I started, I kept doing that and kept doing that and kept doing that to where it wasn't my home, but it was like my, it is my second home. Yeah. I have some, you know, there's you, there's, you know, Terry Joe Box, there's Blue Foley, there's so many people that I have relationships, Ashley McBride, Lee Bryce, that, you know, I've, I'm really kind of like, not a local, but... Yeah, it's, it is trans- your home, home, yeah. Yeah, and so, um, 
then I, you know, I, w- I, I wrote with uh, a couple of friends of mine, uh, Jada Dreyer and Corey Mayo. Um, I don't know if you know Corey, but he's an amazing songwriter. And Jada's just, you know, she won that, that yeah. show. I can't even think what it was called. Um, but um, we wrote this tune and we sat down and we said, uh, let, you know, cause all our friends were getting cuts on this show, this new show called Nashville. Yeah. It was the first season. And I said, let's write a song for the show Nashville. And so we were sitting there and I can't remember who said it, but somebody said, let's write about this town. And so at that point I sat down and I started playing this figure. And it was the, it was just this. It was it was just And I think Jada said like Behold on to the feeling that's so strong to the ground to the ground that you walk on is where you stand and so we wrote that and then we came the chorus was this town ain't yours this town ain't mine we all come here with the light in our eyes some will burn out some will burn bright some will fly some will run for their lives this town, oh, this town. So we wrote that. We did a little demo of it. And I was flying back to L.A. And I upgraded to first class. I had a bunch of points, and I said, I'm going to upgrade to first class. So, <laughs> so I upgraded to first class, and this girl sits down next to me. And she happened to be involved with the show Nashville. No way. Yeah. And so Jada's publisher had sent it right away because they thought it was a great song. Um, you know, because it speaks the truth about what Nashville, you know, you know, this town ain't yours, this town ain't mine. We all come here with a light in our eyes. Some will burn out, some will burn bright, some uh, learn to fly, some will run for their lives from this True. Time. Yeah, it scares the hell out of a lot of people, you know, and so, you know, we kind of nailed it on the head of what Nashville was about. Yeah. And so anyway, I was talking to this woman and she was like the head of casting for Nashville. And I played her this song on my phone and and I didn't know she worked for Nashville. There was no mention of that. It was Wait, just so somebody you, else. You, had, you were just playing her a song? Yeah. I do that a lot. Do you ever do that on a plane? You ever go, somebody talks to you and says, well, what are you doing? I'm a songwriter. And they go, oh, you have anything I can hear? Yeah, yeah I guess you're you right. Know? And so I played it for her and she said, do me a favor, email that to me. And so we get off the plane, say goodbye, you know, and two days later I get a phone call from Frankie Pine. Frankie Pine is the music supervisor on Nashville. And she, now at the same time, Jada's publisher had sent that to them. 
and then the woman that uh, Jeannie Backrack, that was a casting person, had given the song to Frankie. Okay. So it was like we kind of double teamed it, yeah. not knowing it, you know. Yeah. Frankie loved it, and she said, "She said, I love it. Um, we're going to use it for a uh, oh, what's it, a montage." Yeah. During the show. And it's going to play from start to begin, start to the end. Wow. And I just went, wow. And she said, will you do me a favor? Will you send me anything else you have that you think would work for the show? And I said, okay. So I just started buying her stuff. <laughs> so I think I hit her with like 20 songs. It just like kind of, I got one, two, three, four, five, six. And it just like, it was crazy. And it's, and it was not, it was that you call it luck. You can call it whatever. Um, but it was, it was a way that kind of like cemented me in that. Well, you were prepared when opportunity presented itself, you know, you had a bunch of, right. material. yeah. Can you, can you take us inside your songwriting process? Yeah. What do you want to know? Just in general. I mean, on a daily basis, are you writing for a specific project or do you get to write just to write anymore? You know what? I carry around my phone and Randy Jackson is like one of the most amazing songwriters I've ever worked with. And I've known him for 25 years and people know him from American Idol. And being in Journey, and but Randy is probably one of the most successful session guys you'll ever. I mean, he played with a guy named Jean Luc Pony, who and Herbie Hancock, and wow, I mean, he's, I didn't know that. A, a, he's a phenomenal musician. But anyway, also aside from having that talent and being dog on American Idol, um, he. He comes up with these lines that are unbelievable. And so he'll say something and I'll go, we're going to write that. <laughs> and we'll do that. And, and we've, we've written like three songs that way in the last, actually since the COVID-19 thing has yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times I'll, I was going through some trouble with my marriage years and years ago. And I was like, we were at this point where, you know, our kids had grown up and, and some things happened and people change, you know? And, and so I looked at my wife and I said, you know, are we going to make it through this? And I'm getting, I'm really sharing intimate stuff. <laughs> I and love she it. And she said, Time will tell. And so I sat down and I wrote this song called um, Time Won't Tell. And what, you know, and it was like, time won't tell me how to unfeel your kiss, how to, you know, I, those things are never going to go away, you know. And so that inspired me to write that song. And I walked around my backyard with a guitar and I just wrote, Don't tell me we'll find out in time. You may change your mind. Don't tell me time will tell. 
and then um you know so there's inspiration from the heart yeah and there's just inspiration when you hear a great line and you go i'm gonna write that yeah you know? they all come, uh, come together kind of can you can you tell us what you're doing with randy jackson what are you guys working on oh well randy and i are developing what well, we're, we're starting a publishing company and um something we've always wanted i've known randy for 25 years uh, he's one of my dearest friends um and uh we um we decided to start a publishing company because we the main thing we wanted to do was start a company and have it be fair for writers what a concept Not saying that publishers aren't fair um but some have you know been known not to be yeah um and we also decided to, to start a tv show okay a, a new tv show and so we were like like beginning beginning our production process when all this stuff happened when all this happened so everything's that part of it has been kind of been put on the back burner but like i said this this too shall pass and we'll all be yeah. you know we'll all be over it um uh so yeah that's what we're doing it's exciting i can't wait to hear what happens on the other side of all this craziness well it's exciting are you going to be still coming back and forth to nashville or are you kind of actually randy and i were supposed to be playing the bluebird may 1st oh, oh. yeah and um hopefully that'll be rescheduled soon yeah it will be i talked to erica uh about a week ago and she said as soon as we're up and running Okay, well, let me, let me know so I can get first dibs and buy a ticket, okay? Because oh, I'm coming to that show. Hey, I might even ask you to play. Um, anyway, so... Don't um, me with a good time. I'll be there. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, um, my songwriting process is... I make it a point of writing something every day. Yeah. Just like I make it a point of, of playing guitar, probably two or three hours a day because I love it and yeah. you know, just get better, you know, doing what you do. Um, but I think there's a discipline in it. I, I make it a point of doing it every day and trying to get better at it. Cause when you hone your craft, you can only get better at it. Yeah. And if I you're not getting better at it, go do something else. Yeah. Well, okay, real quick, let me just ask you a couple more quick questions. Just for people who don't have any connections in the sync world, what is the first thing they can do, do you think, to just get their foot in the door? Because it really is a whole other world of connections and people in charge and stuff. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, you know, I think persistence is the key. Okay. You know? You know, it's like that old saying, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, you know? Yeah. Um, not to being like yeah. creepy or stalkery, yeah. but, you know, just, you know, be, say, you know, be confident with what you have and, and try to meet the people. I mean, look, in, in this day and age, you can find out how to get a people, get a hold of people. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And the thing is, you just have to sell yourself. 
you know, as songwriters, you know, we're salesmen, you know, we're trying, whether it's if somebody likes you or, you know, thinks that, I mean, I've heard from pluggers that the relationships they build with record companies and producers and stuff is usually because they like them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, totally. Would you say that you need to have your recordings ready for TV for every opportunity? Or are there cases where you just have a work tape and you send that? Dude, when we got, dude, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call you. Dude. No, I love it. When we got, when we got this town, it was me playing a guitar figure and Jada singing a vocal. So when they said, can you give us some backstory? Like how long did you have to throw the recording together? And you know, we recorded that song on a Friday. The following Thursday. Wow. Yeah. And, but that's, see, that's, that never happens. That was the thing with the stars lining up. Absolutely perfect. You know, when I got the Uglies TV show, which ran for eight years, I wrote it in the more I wrote it at twelve o'clock in the morning, and I sent it to the guy at eight o'clock that night. The next morning, they had contracts over. The wow. day after that, I had a check. Wow! I mean, that, that kind of stuff. Rough. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Okay. But it's like you know, believe in what you're doing. I mean, look, you know. Um, I think if you find someone that believes in what you're doing, like a, pl- a good plugger that's not in it for the money, yeah, you know, that believes in you as a songwriter. And of course you're going to have to give them something, yeah. but if you have, you make those connections, you know, like I always say this in Randy and I always say this, you know, you know, 40% of something is better than 100% of nothing. Amen. Yeah. Wow. I love it. Um, Do you want to just answer a quick few quarantine questions for us? Oh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Do you have a favorite artist you've worked with or favorite experience you've had? Um, Favorite artist I've worked with? Um, I would have to say Graham Nash. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Since this is pajama themed, pancakes or French toast? Oh, wait, I have to, Graham Nash and Joe Walsh. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. 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 Good one. Okay. All right. So go ahead. Quarantine what? Uh, Since we're wearing pajamas, breakfast theme, pancakes or French toast? Are those the only two choices? What's your, what's your favorite breakfast then? An emergency orange juice with a piece of toast. You're so LA. You're so healthy. <laughs> no, I, I bet you're going for a hike after this. No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, um, what's your favorite quarantine snack right now? Triscuits with cottage cheese. Oh, I'm going to try that. That sounds good. It's so good. Triscuits, cottage cheese, and garlic salt. I'm going to try that literally tonight. I have all of that at the house. Amazing. Okay. Um, and then last question. What's one song you think everyone should go listen to right now, old or new? That's a tough one. Do you want to play some 
Do you want to play something for us? Can you hear that? Yeah. I feel about something I've never felt Who's gonna tell me the words I should say Can this be the moment It's not like me to lose my way. I'm not sure of all you are. Well, slow down quickly and take me easy. We're just starting now. I've always struggled when trouble been too free. I'm used to taking the easy way. If you're what I need, I want away. Cause I know you see through all of me the good, the bad, the in between. Slow down quickly and take me easy. We're just My breathless feelings Now I understand Just who I Let me catch my 
my breathless feelings Now I understand Just who I am Just who I sound quality was like on that no it was great and i just love that chord change on the bridge i just think it's brilliant i love that oh going to the 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 two sus yes yeah that's so pretty well thank you so much for all of your insight today and spending some time with us during quarantine we'll check in with you again i guess when this is all over and you and randy can give us an update on your plans and everything you're working on so in closing stay safe wash your hands and i've found these which you can't find anywhere in the world it's like for like weeks i couldn't find these you're probably sitting on a thousand dollar box of clorox wipes right now i know i have three of them too Oh my goodness. Well, be safe and thank you for hanging out with us. Love to everybody. Nashville, stay safe. We'll see you later. Bye.